0: Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. On today's episode, we will read from both Strengthening My Recovery and Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. First, we read Unvoiced Pain. In Acting Out, I Was Screaming When I Could Not Voice My Pain. Big Red Book, page 503. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, one of the symptoms I have as I regain my voice it's been interesting, even physical symptoms, even um, you know, since I've been kind of putting myself more out there than really I, in, in, in years, um, I've been getting sore throat a lot. It's really question, making me question like the metaphysical aspects of things. But uh, yeah, uh, so uh, getting back to the passage, many of us spent years drinking to number pain, eating for comfort, using drugs for escape using sex while hoping for love, or whatever worked for us. While well, some of us found other 12-step programs that helped us with our self-harming addictive behaviors, other of us may have lived life rotating from one behavior to another. We felt we needed something to help us separate ourselves from the pain, so we acted out as a, a way to avoid feeling in. Wow. Um, again, it's just so important for me to do that, read this stuff because this is just not – how it was raised. This is not stuff that is talked about in schools in, in a lot of therapy circles and not necessarily in, encouraged. And, you know, when I think about acting out, I mean, as a child, you're physically and financially limited. Uh, so, you know, I wonder if, you know, kind of like leaving lights on or, th- you know, things that no longer serve me, but like leaving lights on or, you know, um, you know, in my situation I think I resented music because I I felt like I was encouraged more in music than sports. And um man, I beat I beat up I beat up that piano pretty good, uh throwing a remote control at it. So, you know, and as I read that, I, I realized that uh you know there's there's really nothing noble in the struggle. I think that's what I read in the big red book. And it just is like playing in sports and things like that is really what will bring, you know, like real joy um, to me because that's what it was as a kid. So continuing as children, we went through so many tough experiences alone. We couldn't tell anyone what was happening or how we felt. Yeah. And I think the problem with this is if you have shame and you still don't tell anyone, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, a lot of times you know, I hear about the codependent verbal diarrhea of the mouth, and I think sometimes it's just you finally found someone to t- you, who will listen to your story, and then you just tell them everything. And, you know, luckily, I found places that I could share this information. What I didn't realize is the importance of not only finding the places, but also speaking up, having a voice. Uh, You know, the telephone still feels like a very, uh, very heavy uh, tool for me. Continuing, we couldn't even admit the craziness we observed was really occurring. No one would listen. Or if they did, they would smooth it over with excuses or tell us there was something wrong with us for even saying it out loud. As a result, these thoughts or words festered inside. Yeah, and this is why I think a lot of people kind of grew up like me resent positive thinking because it just sounds like a don't, tr- don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. And what I love about the spiritual literature that I try to read is it gives me a language for what was occurring as a kid. And, you know, uh, which I think is the start of living in the solution we are we now are able to put a voice to our pain that can be heard by others in ACA. No one judges us for feeling the way that we do. And I think no one should judge me for feeling the way that I do. And similarly, I don't want to judge anyone else for feeling the way that they do. You know, as adults, I think the difference is what makes us different from kids and, you know, animals. And I'm not putting them in the same <laughs> same spot is we are responsible for our actions, you know? And uh, but we're really not responsible for feelings or suppressing feelings. I mean, I have a podcast and I mean, it's just the usual thing. I mean, part of meditation is feeling your feelings or doing whatever. You know, I never understood why yoga does so much to me, because the way I look at it is it just felt like stretching. But that might be, you know, in some of the ways, the most that a lot of us have even felt our feelings. continuing our true self is able to shine through without turning to our former addictions, our silent partners. We are freeing ourselves from the guilt, shame, and loneliness of of our past. On this day, if I feel the pull to act out, I will stay in the moment and try to find out what is triggering my reaction. I will use whatever ACA tools I need to in order to help myself. And that is the first reading. The second reading is Promise One. We will discover our real identities by loving and accepting ourselves. Real identity, the idea that we aren't real, can be very confusing at first. Well, the concept is difficult, even maddening. As we go to meetings, we may begin to hear about a critical parent, inner parent, an inner loving parent, and a hidden inner child. It seems complicated. And you know, this is why I have to have immense gratitude for the ACA program, because I think the only thing I found, well, the only thing I, Alice Miller's drama, *The Gifted Child*, I could talk about it again and again and again. But really, that was a starting point because what I realized there was the concept of the inner child made sense to me. But it wasn't until uh, you know I got to ACA and I, you know, I, I'm in the middle of doing like inner child work and really understanding this concept of a critical inner parent and inner loving parent. And you know, as as I work with uh, Lucia Capoccioni, who pioneered a certain part of you know, inner child specific therapy, she talks a lot about the protective parent. You know? So there's that loving parent who says the nice things, but there's the protective parent who needs to you know, kind of enforce boundaries, like the no business, uh, emotional, like, hey, it's time to go to sleep. Anyways, continuing. Somewhere in the first few months of attending meetings, it clicks. Slowly we learn, understand, and apply the information we've been gathering. And one day the realization of her dilemma becomes clear the picture finally comes into view. Without knowing it, we have been perpetrating a fraud, impersonating our true self with our false self. Yeah. And I think that is why that's what initially brought me to spirituality. I just got tired of living such a fake life and knowing it and then guessing at what a real life was and looking outside for the answers where the answers are inside and with the inner child and you know, with the divine and the higher sense of consciousness. Back to the reading. As we dive into step work, we begin to reparent ourselves. In the same instant, we become accepting of ourselves. No longer untethered and wandering aimlessly, our course is made clear with each day of practicing the simple higher power given program. A miracle occurs as a result of the work we do in ACA. We unshackle our true self from our false self. We embrace our inner our hidden inner child with the caring arms of our inner loving parent and are carried to higher and higher levels of freedom. On this day, I will listen, learn, and apply the concepts and principles of ACA recovery. They are the means of discovering my real identity, allowing me to love and accept myself. Great reading. What a shocker. (laughs) They're all great readings. Next, the third reading, Melody Beatty's time of this, uh, Standing Up for Ourselves. We learn some behaviors have self-defeating consequences, while others have beneficial consequences. We learn we have choices. It is so easy to come to the defense of others, how clear it is when others are being used, controlled, manipulated, or abused. It is so easy to fight their battles, become righteously indignant, rally to their aid, and spur them on to victory. You have rights, we tell them. Um, Those rights are being validated. Stand up for yourself without guilt. Yikes. How does Melody Baby know everything? (laughs) She she knows everything. I've done this. Continuing. Why is it so hard then for us to rally to our own behalf? Why can't we see when we are being used, victimized, lied to, manipulated, or otherwise, otherwise violated? Why is it so difficult for us to stand up for ourselves? Yeah, I mean, it's a very crucial question there, I guess, because, you know, they're not loud, I guess part of it was, you know, we had the subordinate or desires or I had to to a higher power. And that higher power wasn't God. And that can tend to make things very confusing. There are times in life when we can walk a gentle, loving path. There are times, however, when we need to stand up for ourselves. When walking the gentle, loving path puts us deeper into the hands of those who can mistreat us. Some days, the lesson we're to be learning and practicing is one of setting boundaries. Some days, the lesson we're learning is that of fighting for our own rights and ourselves. Sometimes the lesson won't stop until we do. Today, I will rally to my own cause. I will remember that it is okay to stand up for myself when that action is appropriate. Help me, God, to let go of my need to be victimized. Wow, that is, help me, God, to let go of my need to be victimized, That program that talks about museum states and states that we go to because they're familiar and, you know, being a victim is definitely a state uh, that feels familiar and no longer serves me. Continuing, help me appropriately and with confidence to stand up for myself. Finally, the final reading prayer, and it starts with a quote from Emmett Fox, which is super cool. As a matter of fact, prayer is the only real action in the full sense of the word, because prayer is the only thing that changes one's character. A change in character or a change in soul is a real change. i Fox, The Sermon on the Mount. Erica Young has said that we are spiritual beings who are human. Praying and meditating are ways we take care of our spirit. Prayer and meditation are disciplines suggested by The 11th step of the 12-step recovery programs, Al-Anon, CODA, Adult Children of Alcoholics, and others. Prayer and meditation are not necessarily connected to organized religion. Prayer and meditation are ways to improve our personal relationship with a higher power to benefit our life, our growth, and us. Praying is how we connect to God. We don't pray because we have to. We pray because we want to. Wow. Uh. It is how we link our soul to our source. That paragraph is so vital that I'm going to read that again. Prayer and meditation are not necessarily connected to organized religion. Prayer and meditation are ways to improve our personal relationship with a higher power to benefit our life, our growth, and us. Praying is how we connect with God. We don't pray because we have to. We pray because we want to. It is how we link our soul to our source and source in caps. We're learning to take care of our emotions, our mind, and our physical needs. We're learning to change our behaviors, but we're also learning to take care of our spirit, our soul, because that is where all true change begins. Each time we talk to God, we are transformed. Each time we connect with our higher power, we are heard, touched, and changed for the best. Today, I will practice prayer and meditation, whether I feel desperate, uneasy, or peaceful, I will make the effort to connect with my higher power, at least for a moment today. And, you know, I don't think this is an excuse, but it's also a reminder to me that this at this point is a part of my practice that needs improvement and it wants improvement. Because, you know, one of my favorite speeches is from Denzel Washington's commencement speech. It's on YouTube. It's amazing. But one of the parts I liked is when he says, I may not have always been looking out for him, but he was always looking out for me. So there is an essence of a higher power out there in God or, or whatever, you know, or source or, you know, infinite spirit. Um, and I need to pray. So it was a great reminder. Um, and that is the end of the reading. It's just profound. I just love strengthening my recovery and uh, the language of letting go. Um, so much wisdom. A, and it's just su- such a privilege to be able to read this, um, whether it's on or off camera, on or, you know, on audio or not, it's just amazing. And part of why this podcast is so important for me is it forces a certain accountability to read great stuff and not get lost in things that are not important. Until next time, this is Kawant Saluja reminding myself to pause because that. Is where God is to feel my feelings, you know, to not be overtaken by silent partners who only bring shame and remorse afterwards, and to love myself, and part of that love is establishing boundaries with myself and with others. Until next time.